Hello and welcome. This is John Millen with the Benefit Hackers Podcast. This episode is specifically for human resource professionals. I have two tips that I would like to convey and and share with you that have been on almost every call I've had in the past six to nine months. And I talk to three or four companies a week um, in a variety of industries. And I think this may help you. So uh, maybe you're listening to this in your car, in your shower, cutting the grass, um, whatever. I will try to keep this short, but I think these are two really good points that I would suggest you consider. And you may have already thought of these, but I'm also going to give you some ideas on how to address them. It's great to say, hey, you got this problem, and then give me a call. I can help you. I'm going to be like, hey, this is the the two of many issues that we talk about. These are two that I'm seeing right now that and then what can you maybe do about it? How can you how can you start to affect change in that? And so this will focus generally about um, equity. So I know that DEI is a really big um, it's a really big issue right now in a, in a movement and trying to get things that are um, DEI and I'm not an expert on this at all. You know, but what I'm going to talk about is the equity part, and this may um, this may resonate. So tell me what you think. But equity, the way I understand it, is different than equality. So equity, from what I the way I view it, is that you have kind of a fair process for everyone. Everyone is equ- it's equitable. And so let me give you the context. These are the two things that that come up on almost every call: the cost of family health care to the employee and the network coverage. And I'm going to give you a very specific example of a call that I just had to give some context. The first is the cost of family medical insurance. A lot of times we look at the cost of employee only rates and depending on your company demographics, you may have 90% of your enrolled population employee only and only two or three families or one or two spouse or one or two with children but others like nonprofit industries that we that we really focus on we're really good in nonprofits we see a more even distribution or uh, you, you're seeing more family coverages and more spouse so it might even be closer to 60 40 60 employee only and 40 spread out and what I've noticed is that a lot of people look at the employee only rate and the insurance companies do this too if you if you look at it you're gonna find this. On a renewal, sometimes they will adjust the employee rate a percentage, and then the other tiers are a different percentage. So if you actually do the math, don't just take their average. When it says, hey, your average increase is 18%, if you do the math on each tier, you're like, holy cow, they're really shifting. They're moving the numbers around. They know what they're doing. And so here's the point on family coverage. The cost of insuring a family is very expensive for almost everybody I talked to. I just talked to a company this week. The cost of family coverage was $3,300 a month for an average average built plan. Like this is a $2,500 deductible co-insurance co-pays. So it's not a bad plan. It's not a high deductible plan. $3,300 a month. And so here's the quick test that I suggest you run. It's called the Family Affordability Test. This is a test that I use. Um, This is not an IRS test. This is not an ACA affordability, which is for employee-only rates, which you're already doing. 
9.61% is the current rate for 2022. This is the family affordability test. This is a test that I have seen and I've kind of thought about what does it cost percentage of income to insure a family? And this is very simple. You look at your plans, you pick a plan that is a little more robust, meaning I come to work for you and I have a family. I have two kids and a spouse. I'm the sole breadwinner and I have young kids, so I'm not going to go on your high deductible plan with basically no coverage, even if you give me some HSA money. Like my kids, stuff happens and I'm just not going to risk it. So I'm going to go to a more expensive plan. So take one of those plans in your in your options and you look and you take the total annual cost for family coverage that I would pay. So maybe it's, I don't know, $1,000 a month for family coverage for me. So that's $12,000. Maybe it's $2,000 a month. That's $24,000. You take the total cost. What do I, what comes out of my pocket as an employee to enroll in your family coverage? Then you add to that the family out-of-pocket maximum exposure. This is worst case scenario. If I'm in my car with my family driving on to vacation and I get into a car accident, and let's just say it's a bad accident where an ambulance has to show up and we are somebody is injured or two of us are injured, we are maxing our plan out. I think you would agree. The family out-of-pocket maximum. And you can use the in-network number if you want. If you have in and out of network, use the in-network. You know, assume it happens in-network. So that could be $14,000 or $12,000 or $20,000, right? Those numbers are going up every year on renewal. No one's really looking at them, but the insurance companies know they're shifting the risk to the out-of-pocket max bucket. So you take your total cost, and I'm going to say it's $2,000 a month for families. So that's $24,000. And I'm going to say the out-of-pocket max is, um, I don't know, $12,000 just to come up with a number. So you take twelve thousand plus twenty four. That's thirty six thousand dollars a year. Is my is my cost for the year? If I use my plan, I have something bad happen and I get access to it. Do you guys follow? Then you divide it by your average income of your employee base. So thirty six thousand dollars, and just so my brain can process simple math without much coffee this morning, let's just say my income is seventy two thousand dollars a year from me. So I pay $36,000 a year for this. That's my maximum exposure. And I get paid $72,000. I'm spending 50% of my income to cover my family for health care. You follow me? That is real life stuff what I'm seeing. Those are the kind of numbers. And it's shocking to people. I mean, I can see it on their face because they've never run the test. They've never done the calculation. I really encourage you to do this. Now, before you do, at the beginning of the podcast, I said you have to go into these sessions with an open mind. Do not be defensive. Um, You can't go into this like, oh, our plan is amazing. I'm so great, and I'm sure it's great. And then you start defending yourself. Look, things have changed. You can't keep up with everything. Even if you're the senior HR director um, with 25 years' experience, Things are changing fast. So don't beat yourself up that, you know, you got to defend it like, well, ours isn't that bad. Because I've heard that on calls like, well, that's not too bad, 42%. And I say to them, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, you don't think that's bad? Like, we let's just stop right now. Because I don't want to work with someone that doesn't think that's bad. 
like I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm not saying you're an incompetent HR professional. I'm just saying the costs have shifted so fast. And the insurance companies know it. They're, look at your maximum out-of-pocket numbers. They go up every year. Your deductible goes up. The, the co-insurances are changing. But all people sometimes look at is the rate and the deductible. Rate and the deductible. So just run the test. Here's the number I think would be reasonable. And you've got to assume that that the your employee is the sole breadwinner. Like you gotta assume it's me. My wife does not work. I have two small kids. She's at home, and that's and I come to work for you. And what happens is I'm paying fifty percent. I'm not staying around very long. The reality today is employees will not stay. I might come in because I don't maybe know. And I haven't quite figured out what your family. I haven't done the math myself. I have no idea this is gonna smack me in the face when I get my first paycheck. But I will see it, and I will think. Very quickly, I'm like, holy cow, I am, I am just, I'm worse off now. I got a pay increase coming to work for you, and I'm making less money. How is that possible? And you look at the paycheck, and they start realizing. So do the math. I think a reasonable number should be less than 25%, less than 25%. And I've seen lots of 30s, 40s, 50s. It's, 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 hard, to, it's hard for me to present it, 55%. Now, the other thing you can do, instead of looking at your average, and this is going to be even more shocking, and I'm just telling you, it's going to it's gonna make, it's just hard to, it's hard to think that people are dealing with it. It's like looking inside and getting an audit and like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I did this for a private school and we had the census opened up on the call and I said, let me just show you what I, what I looked at. I looked at average salary, which was, I don't know, 60 grand. I forget what it was, but let's look at the people actually enrolled on your plan. And I opened up the census and I found all the people on family coverage. And I went to the person with the lowest income and I opened it and I said, let's just call him Bob Smith. Here's Bob. Bob makes $39,000 a year and he's spending 50, whatever it was, 55% of his income on his family coverage. Do you know if his spouse works? And they said, no. And you could visibly see, like, oh my God, I can't, like, how did we, how did, how did we let this happen? And I said, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You didn't know. And this has been happening very quickly over the last few years. And it's going to accelerate 2022. When you get your renewals this year with inflation, it is going to escalate. Because families use the plan more too. So that's where they're loading up the rates. So this is what you can do. First, acknowledge that you have this situation. Don't try to hide from it. And don't try to pretend like, oh, it's not that bad. Well, you make a hundred grand. But your employee that you're looking at doesn't. So don't rationalize it. Don't justify it. Don't cover it up. Just acknowledge things have changed. We're making some changes going forward. I'm going to fix this. That is the true definition of a leader that's like, yeah, that was horrible that this has happened. And now we're going to fix it. And who cares about the past? Going forward, we're going to fix it. You need to look at your healthcare funding strategy differently. If you are fully insured, you must consider alternate funding strategies like level funding, um, insured HRAs, zero deductible solutions, partially self-insured, not full self-funding, partial self-funding, reference-based pricing, direct contracting, pharmacy carve-outs, 
There's all kinds of tools that are now available for companies 50 to 350 that were not available two years ago. I'm dead serious. These were not even on the radar. Technology is escalating so quickly that they can use AI technology sometimes to give you rates on medical without medical questionnaires. So all I ask is whether it's with your broker, your advisor, or you're like, hey, we're going to interview two new people that are not our broker, which I suggest people do every couple of years anyways. Get new information. They only know what they know. And just because someone has been a broker for 20 years, that doesn't mean they have 20 years experience. We've heard that, right? They have, 20, they have one year repeated 20 times. So that's how you fix it. And I will tell you with absolute certainty, in most cases, when you do that, you will lower the family coverage cost. You can go to my website, millingroup.com, under articles, and, and there are case studies and press releases of actual companies and how we did this. And the coverage did not get worse. The coverage actually was the same or even got better. That's the first point. Second tip on equity is network coverage. I was on a call and they had a regionally based network provider. And I said, okay, do all of your employees live in that area? And they said, no, they're all over the state. I said, oh, okay, what parts of the state? Boom, boom, boom. I said, all right, great, okay. How is the network coverage in those other areas? And they admitted it wasn't that good. For one particular part of this state, those employees living there, it's not that good. And I said, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's fair? Right? Think about it. How is that fair that those employees have poor choices for network because of the carrier they selected where the headquarters was, was not the same where the other employees lived. I don't know about you, but that is not equitable. And that's just common sense equitable. So what do you do about it? First, you realize, hey, don't beat yourself up. Don't try to cover it up. Just say, okay, yeah, I, I, I never, you know, DEI is a new initiative. You go to your CEO and, or the owner of the company, you go right to the top and go, hey, I've, I've been thinking about this and, and I'm not trying to be radical about our DEI policy. I'm not trying to, you know, create conflict because you don't know where people stand on just saying those words. But on the equity part, you go to the owner, the president of the company, the CEO, and go, I think, I don't think this is equitable. Just use normal language. I don't think this is fair. Like we have this network, so we need to adjust that. And I will tell you, in most cases, not always, I will never overpromise uh, uh, with our clients or on these podcasts, but so many times I've seen I'm able to get access to a network that is a national network that's the same for everybody. We, we rent the network. Here's the cat out of the bag. I, we le I lease the network. It's no big deal. What do you mean, John? Um, do, do you like Cigna? Yeah, Cigna is amazing, right? Or they're national... Do you like Aetna? Yeah, they're national in and out of network. Um, do you like United Healthcare? They're national. Well, then I just rent their network. I pay a small fee and we get access to all their doctors and providers. That's all you do. It's not that hard, but no one's ever told you. So you don't need the regional network. You get you lease the national network. And guess what? In that process, we also lower costs. So that's it. I've gone farther than I wanted to. It's a 15 minutes. It's about what your commute is to your work probably, or maybe you're walking in the morning. 
I hope this is helpful. I hope you got some good stuff. Um, family cost of family coverage is your network equitable? Um, if so, check the box, but please don't just sugarcoat it because I've been on a lot of calls and I know I'm the same way when people talk to me about my stuff. Oh, I do this really good. I don't want to admit that maybe I could do it better. Maybe I don't know everything. And just because you haven't heard of something before doesn't mean it's not true. It just means you haven't heard of it. And so you just tell people, look, I've learned some new things. And here's the last point. COVID has changed things in so many ways. And one of the biggest ways related to what you do as an HR professional is the benefits and insurance and risk and, and modeling. Oh my God, it is so, it's really fun now because we have tools that we can really affect change with companies where in the past, pre-COVID, we had them, certainly. But now there's just so many new things that are available that weren't available three years ago. Or they might, no, sorry, they were available. They were there. Maybe they weren't mainstream. Maybe they weren't proven yet. They didn't have enough data and so forth. So if you need some help, millingroup.com. Check us out and I hope this is beneficial.